Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are so glad to be with you. Glad you've made us part of your day at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts. We appreciate our listeners tuning in, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. All right, folks, I got I to gotta calm y'all down a little bit on this. Joel T. Coleman is sitting on five, five-star, five free coffees. Let's, let's, let's let those die down a little bit. All right? You don't need to have eight. That's gluttonous. I'm trying to save you from yourself. I guess. All right. But I, I've been told before, you know, when I first started speaking in churches and things, <laughs> Here we go. Um, I, I felt guilty, like, because they always want to pay you. They all, you know, you go to all these different churches, they, they want to pay you. And I've, I've always been like, no, I'm serving the Lord here. Keep your money. But I've, I've been told before, too. I mean, Bible talks about, you know, the, the, the worker is, is, He's he's owed his due or whatever. That's so true. It's true. I, I think that we bring pleasure to so many people's went, lives that oh. if it brings pleasure to them to please us by giving was, us free stuff, I was laughing. Okay. I was laughing. Don't rob in line. them of the joy. I was laughing in line today because I, I went to go pick my wife up one of the coffees. I had three of them up there, and uh, I was just like how how many does he? And I was like one two five. <laughs> <laughs> five star reviews, five free coffee. Well, I mean, it's better to give than receive. So if we stop it, then that's I, joy that we're taking away from. All them. right, uh, you know what? I'm gonna get out of the way then. We'll see. That's it. It's all for fun to receive. <laughs> I, I plan. To, I, I just like this is incredible. I'll be cashing in all week. And they all say Joel T. Yes. None of them say Joel. None of them say Joel Coleman. They all say Joel T. <laughs> so they. I, 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 the fact that your middle name has become, or your middle initial has become like this iconic thing is just hilarious. Well, it's hilarious to me too, because until I was on the beat, nobody ever, no, yeah. that was never used. Yeah. The only time, the first time it was ever used was just somebody had at Joel Coleman on Twitter. So whenever I was logging, you know, signing up for Twitter for the first time back in like 2009, mm-hmm. I was like, I'll throw my middle initial in there, Joel T. Coleman. And that was, it's become a, a, a symbol. Symbol of greatness. Yes, exactly. Also, another one of our great sponsors is College Corner. You can check them out online at collegecornerstore.com or check out either of their two locations in the uh, Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They are in Flowood by the Half Shell, and they, of course, have a great selection of Mississippi State merchandise for you to choose from. The best selection, some might say. People are talking about that. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. People are talking. So, <coughs> excuse me. Check them out uh, today. Get you some something new to uh, wear to campus the next time you're up here. Don't worry about coming to Starkville and doing anything but going to the game or having a good time because you took care of that before. You got your merchandise at College Corner. We're going to talk about Mississippi State, Alabama in the second part of the show. Preview that game. I know you all guys are waiting with bated breath to hear about that. But Joel T. Coleman, I have the stat. I have it. I have. I have been. You know, I've been putting out these stats about Mike Leach and his offense and everything. And trying to explain how different things are going to be for Mississippi State a season from now, I've got it. This is the one. Are you ready? 
The number is 76, Joel. Do you know what that number is? Uh, I, I can't say that I, I do. Just, no. just before you say anything else, would you assume that at least one receiver this upcoming season will have 76 catches? I mean, yes. I'm going to say yes. Could you go so far as to say two might get there? That's tough to say. I think I'm so slanted by the past. It's hard but for in me. The, in the past of the Mike Leach offense says that you should say yes. All right. Well, I'll, I'll ride with you. So 76 sure. catches, right? Sure. That is the total number of returning catches on the team. Osiris Mitchell, 29 catches. Kylan Hill, 18 catches. Austin Williams, 11 catches. Javante Payton, 9 catches. Jaquarius Spivey, 3 catches. Lee Witherspoon, 3 catches. Brad Cumbus, 2 catches. Keaton Thompson, 1 catch. That is 76 catches. All year. All year long. Do you have both team stats pulled up there? Like For Washington, Washington State? State? I can get them. I, I ask that because I'm interested to know the number of uh, pass attempts last year for Washington State and the number of pass attempts for Mississippi State. Oh, it's it's State uh, had more – Washington State had more completions than State had attempts. Washington State last year complete, attempted 704 passes. <laughs> Mississippi State last season attempted 315. So more than t- double. Yes. Yes. So, Yeah. That's the one. That's the one where my eyes really bugged out when I when I put it together. I, I I just wanted to do receivers only, and then I realized I looked at it. and I was like, I bet this isn't seventy six total, and it's not. I, I didn't say seventy six. I bet I said I bet it's less than eighty total. Not not that I'm a savant or something. Just looked at the numbers. The darndest thing about all this, Brian, is that I think there's a section of people out there that wouldn't be surprised if Mike Leach came to the SEC and suddenly it didn't work or something. I think mm-hmm. there's folks out there that probably think that. And that's a fair judgment because... But it has never, it's never not, worked. not worked. But it's never played against SEC it defenses. Hasn't. It has Especially the ones of today. I mean, what you had at but Kentucky were a little different. you counter that with, he should mm-hmm. have better talent on offense. Right, right. So, I'm, so you're kind of on an equal playing field, I think, there. Let's, let's look ahead a year. And let's look at these guys. And I tell you, let's try to... G- guesstimate their numbers. When I tell you Osiris Mitchell had 29 for 430, is 70 for 900 reasonable? What a jump. That's a huge jump. You think that's a jump? Okay, let's talk about Austin Williams. <laughs> 11 catches for 119 yards. 45 to 50 catches? 500 to 600 yards? Javante Payton, 9 catches, 147 yards. 40 to 50 catches, 500 to 600 yards. Malik, you know, Malik Heath, 75 for 1,000, something like that's, that. That's the, that's the guy I'm probably thinking is going to be the, the big dog in there. And then Kylan Hill. I'm hesitant to say that because I thought Stephen Gidry was going to come in here and be a world beater. And, from what I have been told, one of the biggest differences between Heath and Gidry is that Heath will actually catch the ball when you throw it to him. I've heard that's big for a receiver. <laughs> it's, it's huge. Uh, Kylan Hill, 18 for 180. Legitimately might add 70 catches. I mean, if I said he had 88 catches. Again, looking at Washington State last year and Max Borgie, 86 catches. Team's leading receiver, right? As far as he receptions. Was, as far as receptions, he was the team's leading receiver by one. So, I mean, let's just look at, you know, let's take Gidry and those guys into account here. States, states everybody in double digits here. 
Dedrick Thomas, 30. Stephen Gidry, 30. Osiris Mitchell, 29. Farad Green, 21. Kylan Hill, 18. Isaiah Zuber, 14. Austin Williams, 11. As I mentioned, uh, Javante Payton only had nine catches. For Washington State, 86, 85, 78, 58, 54, 47, 43, 19, 17, 10. Ten guys with double digits. And then the first seven of them were plus 40. Is there a true freshman, a Tulu, somebody that's going to come in here and catch 20 passes or Tulu, so? Tulu is probably good for that number. Uh, I don't know about Caleb Ducking. You know, he's a Juco guy who I don't believe is an early enrollee, correct? don't think that's right. There were nine. He's, uh, he's not one of them, I'm pretty sure. Now you're going to make me look. Yeah, we're going to have to look it up. But Ducking is a guy. Mitchell, Heath, Williams, Peyton. Just look at the wide receivers. Will, Williams, Peyton. Mitchell and Heath, already mentioned them. The Spivey Cumbus Dante Jones trio will be at wide receiver. Ducking, Griffin, Torbor, Pruitt, who redshirted last year. That's 11 guys. They could all legitimately be double digit guys. You know, and then you have Kylan Hill. So, I mean, that's, that's what's happening, that's what's coming. I, I don't know that you and I, and I don't know that we can, to be honest. This is sort of like, imagine if Godzilla was real, right? <laughs> this is where we're going with this, right? And I only, didn't expect to hear that. And, 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 you know, people, there were people in America who knew that Godzilla was real. They had seen him, right? And you and I are two people, we haven't seen him, but we people we trust say, yeah, he's real. And we have to try to relay to people who don't believe in Godzilla that he's real. That's what this is. You've got fans of football, a football team that has has not thrown the ball like this ever in the history of the school. Ever. Ever. Anything about Washington State, right? Ryan Leaf went to school there. Drew Bledwood. So they had seen a pass-happy offense before. Maybe not to the extent that Mike Leach had, but they had seen 4,000-yard passers. They had seen high-quality passing. And as good as Dak was... It wasn't like this. So, you know, they were at least you know, prepared for it a little bit. Texas Tech had always been a sort of a wide-open passing offense. We're trying to convince people that this is coming. And most everybody is buying in. But there are still some – I saw a post on, on uh, 24-7 today about, you know, I just don't know and, you know, I just don't know if it's going to work and we're going to have to be balanced. Like, no! That is not going to happen. Again, they threw 704 times. I'm I'm gonna have to look at something real quick. I gotta know. Don't you feel like because of all this and because of the success of Leach and because of the success he's had everywhere he's been doing this, throwing to guys all over the field, all kind of receivers getting all kind of yardage. Don't you feel like the floor of this operation is pretty high? I kind of feel like that. There's like I kind of feel like if Joe had stayed, there was a chance State could have bottomed out again. I kind of feel that way. I kind of feel, do you feel like with Leach that because I kind of feel like the floor is is probably like the floor at least sort of a bowl game. back where you were with Mullen a little bit that you know you're probably going to be seven and five at worst you know six and six with this schedule seems like it would be an underachievement to be totally honest with you I was correct in my my guess here State has thrown the ball less than seven hundred four times the last two seasons combined the the last under Joe Moorhead the Joe Moorhead tenure two years. State threw the ball 638 times. 
Mike Leach threw it to 704 last year. <laughs> I mean, culture shock. Yeah, it's and this it is. is where we are, and this is why when you look at the list of receivers and you're thinking, "Gosh, I just don't know," it doesn't matter. Either, either they're going to catch those balls, or State's going to set a, a record for drops that'll never be broken in a million years because they're going to throw the ball six to seven hundred times. That means you have to get, you know, under Leach's system last year. <laughs> they completed 505 passes. So again, <laughs> they nearly completed as many passes as State's as thrown in the last two, two years. In two years. So either State's going to complete 500 passes and they're going to have to divvy those catches up, or KJ Costello's going to complete like 26% of his passes because everything is dropped. Those are the only two options. There is no middle ground. And then the difference is going 1 and 11 versus, you know, going 8 and 4. State's going to have to catch the football. These guys on this roster, because State's certainly not going to make a trade. Boy, how I'd give, I think State would give like eight scholarships to Alabama for, for Devontae Smith. <laughs> if you could just get Devontae or Jamar Chase, just tell LSU, look, you've got other guys. You can have eight of our scholarships for, 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 Jamar Chase. They could trade him like draft picks. They'd do it. They would make that trade. How am I overstating it to think that Mississippi State is about to be able to hit the jackpot on the receiver recruiting market when if 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 Leach puts these numbers up at state? Like if he continues the trajectory that he's been on the entirety of his head coaching career, and you see receivers catching the ball that much, how could a top-flight receiver not see that and be attracted to it? You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And that's sort of what, you know, all kidding aside or, or all seriousness aside about Ole Miss, the fact that they knew they were throwing the ball a ton is what got receivers interested in that, you know? I mean, if we're going to be honest, and everybody's everybody is a little dirty in the, in the world of college football, if Ole Miss was paying out big money, but they were running the ball 50 times a game. Oh, if they ran the triple option. Yeah, DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown yeah. are going there. All right? They went there because they knew they were going to throw the football. So you're right. At the end of the day, and that's why this, this season and this next recruiting class are so pivotal for State, because you've got five four-star receivers in this state. You've got to get a couple, at least a couple. You, need, you probably need three. State's going to sign five receivers. But in this state, you need three of those, those top-flight guys. And if they watch this offense and don't think, okay, I want to go play in that, well, then you just, the Mississippi State's just not going to get receivers, I guess. That's why, I mean, State is, you know, canvassing the nation. Look at the, look at the guys they're offering. They're all over the place. Texas, Louisiana, California, they, they're just, they're offering guys. And you can do that when Mike Leach is your head coach. Mike Leach gives you instant credibility. Everybody coast to coast knows who Mike Leach is. Exactly. The same way that if you're, you know, not not to the same level as Nick Saban or something like that, but Nick Saban goes into somebody's, or if you get an, an offer from Alabama and it's a real offer, there's credibility to that. And Nick Saban can offer anybody. Mike Leach can offer any quarterback and wide receiver in the country. I don't, I'm not saying that a linebacker looks at an offer from Mike Leach and goes, oh, i got to go play for him. But quarterbacks and wide receivers look at those offers and say, here's an opportunity for me to put up monster numbers. You know, and if I'm any good, I can go to the NFL because they're going to have more tape on me than anybody. You know, I mean, Mike Leach has put a lot of guys. I don't know who Aesop Winston is. 
Never couldn't pick him out of a lineup of two. But he caught 85 passes for 970 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. Same goes with Brandon Arcanado. Don't know who that guy is. He could walk in the door right now and be like, I don't know who you are. But he caught 78 passes for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns last year. And there's a long list. You know, everybody wants to talk about Michael Crabtree. There is a long list, and I have to go back and find it. There's like 12, 12 guys that were 1,000-yard receivers under Leach. Yeah. And, and you have not heard of most of them. Yeah, and there's probably some dude doing a podcast in Michigan that after this season is going to look at the, statist- the statistics and see Osiris Mitchell has so many catches for a bunch of yards. And right. like, who the heck is Osiris Mitchell? Right, right. Because that's just what Mike Leach does. Right. I mean, who is Desmond Patton? No clue. I mean, I, we, we watch college football. I watch it all the time. I've watched Washington State games. He caught 58 passes for 762 yards. You know, let's go back just, just a couple of years. <laughs> Would have easily been state's leaders. <laughs> by, by, by 300 yards and by uh, <laughs> nearly double the catches. This is uh, 2016. They went 8-5 and five that year. All right. Who, tell me about, tell me about uh, Tavares Martin Jr. Who's that guy? I don't know, but he caught 64 for 728 and seven touches. Leading receiver on the team is Gabe Marks. I've heard of Gabe Marks because he had a prolific career under uh, Mike Leach. And, but he didn't get drafted. But in his four years at Washington State, he caught 316 passes for 3,453 yards and 37 touchdowns. Heads up, those would all be records at Mississippi State. He would be the all-time leading receiver in every category. So when I tell you that that, that uh, Osiris Mitchell, Austin Williams, Javante Payton, Jaquarius Spivey, Brad Combust, Malik Keith, Caleb Ducking, Tulu Griffin, uh, Quentin Torbor, Keziah Pruitt. When I tell you this, that, that of those guys I listed, at least seven of them are going to catch 40 balls this year, I feel like the Joker. Well, you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. I, I'm still interested to see how, how big a role like Combust and Spivey have in this. Well, at the end of the day... That you know, you only have these guys. You only have so many guys. Yeah, you know, and they and physically they provide you some mismatches. You would think those guys in the slot against a, a nickelback. That's a good. That's a good matchup to have. They should be good red zone targets because you don't have. That's out of Mitchell. I mean Peyton and Austin Williams. Yeah, even have, Malik Heath is only six two. I mean you, you, you don't, don't have, have a guy that you can just throw it up in the end zone to. Those guys, you know, six four, six five. That you can. But things are things are about to change. And I'll be happy when we get to the spring game. That might give us our first, you know, so we can start getting. Because this is different. You know, it's like moving. It's, uh, you know, it's just different. You've been used to something your whole life, and now it's going to completely change on you. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's not just different. It's dramatically different. Yeah. I mean, whenever Dan Mullen came in, I know they had the whole spread the fun. and that, that yeah. But it was still a running-based spread offense. Yeah. I mean, and that's. Running the football is what Mississippi State's always kind of been known for. Joe Moorhead, I know coming in, was known for explosive offense, whatnot. But, I mean, crap, you saw Nick Fitzgerald run the ball all the time. And, yeah. I mean, you saw a lot of running the football. This is a complete 180. I mean, will, will Kylan Hill get some touches? Yeah, he'll, he'll run the ball every I'll now carry and then. The but, ball. I mean, 75% of the time they're throwing it. In, the, in his career. That, that may not be a, a right percentage, but you get the picture. It, it, it's probably close. Wait, now you're going to hold on. I'll go back in a second. Osiris Mitchell in his career 
has 60 catches for 908 yards and 10 touchdowns. That legitimately could be a season this year. Could be more. That's unbelievable. So last year... Okay, gonna have to gonna break out the calculator, boys and girls. Sorry, sorry <laughs> to do math on the show. I can break mine out. And right, you here just we go. Tell me the numbers here. So they threw it seven oh four. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna take the sacks out. Okay. Okay. So that's fifty. So that's fifty one carries. They ran it. One thirty. One forty. One hundred fifty two times. <laughs> so basically seven to one. <laughs> so seventy five percent is about right, Joel. Let's say 704. 704 plus... Uh, oh, it's 856 total plays, and okay. 704 of them were passes. That's like 80%, right? Yeah. Uh, now, again, we're taking out the sacks. That's 51 plays. So I, I don't know that they, they that, that Gordon, their, their lead quarterback, was sacked 51 times. That is 82.2%. Yeah. Of plays that gain yardage... Now it's probably that's probably going to skew a little differently this year. I can yeah. see Kylan getting a few more. I, I could I could see it being about seventy five percent. Yeah, but that's seventy five percent of eight hundred plays. Eight hundred play. That's six hundred passes. Yeah, yeah, with two hundred runs. <laughs> a season ago at Mississippi State, you had five hundred and twenty nine runs to three hundred and fifteen passes. You were almost two to one running. Now you're about to be three, three to one, one passing. passing. That's insanity. It, 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 even for me, who knowing that it's coming, knowing what's about to happen, it's still difficult to wrap my head around. And it's difficult to wrap my head around the idea that Austin Williams is going to catch 50 passes this year, but he's going to do it. Or, or he's just not going to play. I'm going to go on record and say I think it's going to be have some measure of success. But if it doesn't, People are going to bang their heads against the Davis Wade Stadium bleachers. They're going to jump off the top. <laughs> if this doesn't work, it's going to be the most painful thing. I mean, picture three and out every drive because nobody can catch the football. That's what you have if it doesn't work. I mean, Dave Nickel and Steve Spurrier Jr. have one of the toughest jobs in America this year. But it has never... It has never not worked. I know it's double negative, folks. I know I'm not using correct English for those of you that always like to tell me, but yeah, it, it, it has never not been successful. 76 catches. That's how many return. And I will go on the record saying at least three guys will do that next year. One of them will be Kylan Hill. Two receivers plus Kylan Hill will be over 76 catches. If you had to pick them, would you say Mitchell and Mitchell Heath? Mitchell and Heath. Yeah. Mitchell and Heath. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three guys with 76 or better when you didn't have 76 returning catches this year. I wish I had could talk to Spurrier or Nickel. And I don't know. It's like I don't know if you guys know this stat, but I dug this up. I want to hear to get your thoughts on it because that is an incredible number. So you know, looking at the spring, like I said, th- this this group has the has the most work to do of anybody. Uh, they have got to find seven or eight. This isn't running back where Kylan Hill's there, and you just got to get who's going to be the backup. Is it going to be Witherspoon? Is it going to be, you know, Kareem Walker do anything? This isn't, you know, your O line where you know you got to have a couple guys, but for the most part, you're, you feel like you're sort of set there. This isn't even defense where you know you're going to rotate guys, but you, you have to find seven or eight guys when not a single one of them a season ago 
could have done what you're asking them to do. But even if he had caught 90% of his drops, Stephen Gidry wouldn't have caught 60 passes last year. You know, some of this, though, we keep saying he have to find six, seven, eight receivers. Some of their past not goodness, I almost said suckiness. I don't want to call the guys sucky because yeah. I don't think they're sucky. Right. Um, but some of the past struggles of the group haven't all been on them, you know. I mean, I know they haven't been great, but State hasn't exactly had the most accurate of passers. I think Pretty. Tommy Stevens could have been that had he been healthy all the time, but mm-hmm. he wasn't. No, you're right. Um, and, and and two, I don't know that the Moorhead scheme, which caused everybody to be thinking all the time, no, you're not was, wrong. was perfect for these guys. You're not wrong. And now all of a sudden, they have this simplistic style where they can just go get open and catch the ball. Right. So, I don't know... Is it still incredible what we think that they're probably about to do? Like you said, three guys probably about to be over 75 catches. Is that incredible? Yes. But they are finally going to just get to have a simplistic offense where it's just go catch the ball. And, oh, by the way, assuming K.J. Costello is the guy, have a quarterback that has a track record of being incredibly accurate. Yeah. I mean, in last year's team, they were more accurate. I mean, they completed almost 60% of their passes. Yeah. There are a ton of drops last year. I mean, Gidry alone. I, I would set his number without knowing at at least fifteen. So you know, at least one a game, maybe more. I don't know, but it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Inter- entertaining is what it's going to be, one way or the other. One of my favorite movies is, is Robin Hood Men in Tights, where, <laughs> where the king says, "So we're going to have a wedding or a hanging." Either way, we ought to have a good time. That's what this is going to be, right? We're going to score a lot of points. Or we're not. But either way, should be a lot of fun to watch. Boy, I, I've, I've, I've looked at these stats for the last few months, right? And every day I'm just like, I just I can't get over it. But that's the one. That's the one that finally blew my mind. So. Are we going to get a Mike Leach post-game presser where he brings up, I don't know, Chunky little girlfriends or whatever it was he said in his probably. I, I expect that. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the offer. I, I cannot wait until the the entertainment that is twenty twenty Mississippi State football. No point in talking about the tight ends. We just talked about them today. They're now receivers. We will talk about the offensive line next week. Well, should be a little bit more basic conversation about those guys. Led by a Braves fan. Your man, lifelong, nice lifelong Braves fan. What he said. It's from Marietta, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, a stone, you school, stone's throw from Truist Park. You know? I don't know that. Hmm. You can find that out. That's critical information. 76 catches, Joel. Wrap your brain around that one. All right. Last time Mississippi State and Alabama took on each other, not a good day for the Bulldogs. They went down 90-69. to 69. Uh, Alabama is an interesting team because they play differently than just about anybody in the conference. Uh, they're averaging 83 points a game. They average a lot of threes. They're shooting 35, almost 36% from beyond the arc. Um, They are just a really, really good three-point shooting team. Nate Oates has instilled this system. I mean, Kyra Lewis, one of the best players in the country, uh, and John Petty. You've got a couple of guys there who – I'm sorry, not John Petty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, John Petty. Okay, like, what am I looking at? They have – the same problem is with Mississippi State. I don't know what it is with these systems, but like Kyra Lewis and John Petty are showing up like three times here. 
DJ Stewart does it on Mississippi State's. Anyway, those two the, guys are... Look at the PDF version. It's not like that. Maybe I should do that. Let's, let's, let's give that a look, Joel. That, that, that's been my workaround all season long. Let's see if you're right. Oh, I'm right. You are not right. Oh, am I not? Not on Alabama, okay. you're not. On states, it has been right. All right. Well, anyway, both those guys combined are averaging around 16 points, 17 points per game. Um, now, Alabama defensively has not been great. They're giving up 78 a game, but they just outscore you. They're shooting 44% as a team and 36% from behind the arc. They're not a great free throw shooting team. They're dead even on rebounds. And all that is great, and, and, and you know you can look at these numbers and all that. But at the end of the day, I have I have a fear about this MSU basketball team that uh, that w- the bubble has popped, and we might be in for a for a rough landing here in these final four games. Well, that's what you were sitting there reading off those stats, and I mean, I guess as podcasters, we're supposed to sit here and preview a basketball game. But what was kind of running through my mind as you were reading that is doesn't matter. Yeah, like. I don't know what to expect. You could have read off that Alabama hadn't made a shot in three games, and I still wouldn't feel comfortable predicting State to win this game coming up. Right. Conversely, you could you could say that Alabama's made every shot the last three games, and I could say, well, I could see a scenario where State would find a way to win. I I just don't know what to what you're getting from game to game out of Mississippi State. I, it's a it's a total coin flip every time you go to the hump. Every time you watch a game on TV, you just don't know who's going to show up. Right. You just don't. You don't. I have know an which... idea who's going to show up All just right. this week. If you're talking about, <laughs> I have an idea. It's not going to be good. I mean, you just gave up 87 points to the worst scoring team in the conference, and now you got to take on one of the better scoring teams in the conference. Uh, your perimeter defense has not been great this year at any point. I, I don't see why I would think it's going to suddenly turn around. I don't believe in the mental toughness of this team. I think that's the key here. Because basically they are now officially in got to win out mode. Right. Um I'm interested to see if there's any frustration that shows from a team that should not be in this spot. I'm interested to see if if Nick Weatherspoon and company, particularly if they get down early or something, if they just lose their cool here. I don't know. I mean, there are some guys that I think will kind of maintain composure, and then there's others that I just don't trust to kind of keep their cool and keep their head in the game if, if states to, to get behind early or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. But I think mental toughness, more than any number you could read off a stat sheet to me, I, I think that's about what you're going to see come into play over the course of the next few games. If they have it, they have the talent to rally and make a run at this thing. I mean, Lunardi still had them in the first four out, I think, right? So yeah. it kind of seems like they're still on the bubble. The bubble hasn't totally popped just yet. Um, if they can find it within themselves to, to make a run here, win out, go three and one even, you can at least go to Nashville and say win a couple, see what happens. Yeah. I don't see that happening, though. I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to lose at least two in these last four. I won't be completely surprised if they drop three. I think they'll get at least one, but I, I don't know which one that will be. I won't be surprised. No, no, no loss they, 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 they incur will surprise me. If they went 0-4, I wouldn't be totally shocked. I mean, I just, I just don't have any faith, any belief in this team whatsoever. You know, every time I've tried to... 0-4 more likely than 4-0? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I definitely think that. 
So for me, probably somewhere in the middle. It probably will be. <laughs> but if you ask me which was more likely, if you said you had to put money on one, yeah. I would say 0 and 4. Because why should I believe in this team? What have they done this year? You know, I felt like they were, they had, they, the Arkansas and the South Carolina wins, they had, they had turned a little bit of the corner and they're, okay, they're just going to finish strong and they're going to get back. And, and then they just go and they lay a total egg over in, in Texas on, uh, on Saturday. So I'm not going to buy in. I'm just not. Who's your playmaker? Mm. Let's go old school. Let's go back to what I was saying towards the beginning and, uh, We'll go with uh, Steven. We'll go with our guy here, Tyson Carter. Oh, okay. He hadn't had a huge game in a while, right? I'm trying to think. When was his last? He had a big, big game, game against Arkansas. That's right. He did have a pretty big game against, against the Hawks. <sighs> Alabama shoots a ton of threes. I, I say Tyson Carter matches him. Okay. I'll go Tyson Carter. The guy, when I talked earlier about there's some guys that I think would maintain their composure. Tyson Carter's a mature kid, son of a coach. I just, I don't think that this is, you know, pressure the of the moment kind of deal would get to him. I could see him having a level head and come out and have a big game. So I'll go Tyson Carter. All right. I'm going to go with DJ Stewart. I mean, you know, talk about needing your guards to show up, shoot some threes. I think that's going to be the case here. So I'm going to go with DJ uh, to have a big game here. He'll be in double digits, and he'll 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 give State some opportunities. Opportunities they will not take advantage of, though. I will take Alabama to win this game. Uh, 85-75 is my final score. Uh, see, I, I could see the roller coaster hitting another up spell here after a little bit of a down. So, home game. Uh, I'm gonna say state wins. I, I'm kind of, Ooh. I'm kind of like you. If you made me predict, I don't think they make the tournament, but I do think they win this game. Uh, and I, I change on that from day to day, from do, game to do. game, what I think state's gonna do long term. But um, I'm kind of in that spot right now where I, I don't think state's gonna make the tournament, but I, for whatever reason, I do feel like they win this game. And maybe it's because I give a lot of credit to who's on the home floor. But anyway, I'll say state wins in a nail biter. And I will say 78-77. We'll go one-point game. Oof. Well, we'll Down to the happens. wire. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't believe in you, but we'll see what happens. All right. Tomorrow's show, we'll recap what happens in this game. Uh, we'll talk about also MSU baseball. they got a game with Texas Southern. Uh, we'll see who starts in the midweek and see who gets some, some innings there. Maybe we'll get an update on JT Ginn as well. Hopefully so. Guys, have a great uh, Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday morning for Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.